right. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for being with me this morning here at the Digital Cathedral. Glad that you're here. Hope that everything's gone well this week and you're looking forward to an outstanding week coming up. If this is your first Sunday with us, of course, we want to welcome you, give you a special welcome. Hope that you find the Digital Cathedral beneficial and uh, full of good folks that help you and aid you in your walk. Just a couple of quick things. If you're not a member of Don Keithley Ministries, I highly encourage you to go over and become a member of that private Facebook group. It's a great place to express your feelings and learn a lot from all of us that are over there and posting uh, sometimes daily on the Don Keithley Ministry page. Great place. No trolling, no arguing, no condemnation, no belittling. It's a safe place to, to be. Also, you might want to hit the subscribe if you have not subscribed to this channel. If you subscribe, then every time we come on with a premiere video like this morning, you'll be notified. Also, give me a like, a thumbs up on this. And when we're done this morning, if you've received something from the teaching, give me a good comment on the YouTube page. Amen? All right. Thank you so much. Let's begin over Luke chapter 5. I gave you a, an assignment this week to read Luke chapter 5 and meditate. Think about the first 11 verses. So if you have your Bible handy and you'd like to, go ahead and turn on over there, and we're going to read those 11 verses. And while you're turning over there, um, I was reminded this morning of, of a guy that I was visiting with this week that told me um, that he was really disappointed in his prayer life. It seemed, he said, like everything that he was asking the Father in prayer was useless and it produced nothing. Boy, I get it. <laughs> I get it. And I told him that, to be honest, I, I can't tell you the last time that I prayed and asked God to give me something. Um, I, I get, the, I get the, the, the frustration of prayer, and we're going to talk about some, some of that this morning. I get it. Prayer was always a very um, discouraging part of my Christian life for years and years and years. And it seemed like, just like this man who visited with me told me, it just did not produce a whole lot. And so when it didn't produce, you know what we did? We did the religious thing. We doubled down on it. We spent more time in prayer. Uh, we'd add something to the prayer time like fasting, sacrificial offering, uh, fight the devil off. He must be interfering with this uh, request being answered. We would, um, you know, make sure that we were in church every week, on uh, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, whatever we need to do would be more dedicated. Or, or how about this? This just popped in my mind. You ever heard that that if you pray more than one time for something, you're not praying in faith? Boy, I'll tell you what, that, if nothing else, that'll discourage your prayer life. My whole prayer life has changed, and I've talked about <clears throat> the way that Grace prays. I've got a little series on YouTube if you would like to go over and look at it, how Grace prays. But essentially, I think that our prayer life today is communion with the Father. It's getting zoned in to what He's saying to you that you might respond to what he says. He's always got your best in mind. He's always working toward uh, the highest good in your life. And so I think prayer is really communing with the Father and getting on the same, if I can say it, same wavelength, same vibration, same frequency as what he is. So we're learning a new way. As Sonship, we're learning a new way. We're learning a lot about um, not praying so much for our needs to be met, but bringing from the invisible what he has already created into this visible realm. Again, I have a, a six-part teaching on YouTube called You're a Creator, and I would highly encourage you to look at that if you haven't looked at it. If you've looked at it and you haven't absorbed it into your life, absorb it in and begin to practice it. So we're learning today, we're learning right now in this season some things that we never knew before, never never were taught. I Nobody ever taught me what I've been teaching you, but I think that we were created to be a creator. Now, if you want to call it manifestation, that's fine. I'm not hung up on the terms. What I want to know is, can you produce it? Can, can, it, can it come um, into being? It, the, can it come into visibility? What was unseen, can it now be seen? All right, let's look at a little story from Luke chapter 5, and we're going to pick up some things from the life of Jesus. Uh, and we're going to go fishing with Jesus this morning, and I think we're going to see some, some really good insights about the relationship and the dialogue that, that Jesus and Peter had in these first 11 verses. So let, let me just read this for you real quick, just to set the stage. Uh, Luke chapter 5, verse 1. So it was as the multitude pressed about Jesus to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. 
And Jesus saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. In other words, the night of fishing was over. And the last thing they were doing now, they were gonna, they were gonna wash the nets, put the nets away and go home and probably sleep and eat and take care of themselves and get ready to go fishing the next night. Verse three, then Jesus got into one of the boats, which was Simon's and asked Simon to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Served two purposes. First of all, it gave him visibility for everybody that was in the multitude. It kind of separated him from the crowd. And the second thing is um, when you're on water, your voice is amplified on some level. They, they didn't have a PA system, obviously, no electricity. So by Jesus pushing out into the boat on the water, the, the, the water helped to amplify so that people probably could hear a little bit better what Jesus was teaching. And verse four says, when Jesus had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Jesus fixing to bless this guy. Verse five, but Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've told all night long. We've caught nothing. We have zero, zip, nada. Nevertheless, nevertheless, and boy, here's a turning point in the life of Peter. Nevertheless, at your word, at your word, I will let down the net. Now this, this means that if, this, if, if they don't catch what Jesus said, Jesus let down your nets for a catch. If they don't, now they gotta pull the nets back in the boat. They've been in the water. They're gonna have to go through the process that they've just gone through to rewash the nets with no gain. Now just keep that in mind. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were breaking. Verse seven, so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the boats, plural. We often don't hear that, but this was an abundant catch here. They filled the boats so that they began to sink. Man, that must've been a lot of fish. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees and said, depart from me for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. That's the first thing we wanna do is to, um, you know, say how bad we are. For he, uh, verse nine, for he and all that were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken, the manifestation, the creation, the thing that had come from the invisible under the water to the visible. Verse 10, and so all, all were with James, all that were with him, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon, and Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid, from now on you're gonna catch men. Got a bigger vision for you, my friend. Got a bigger bigger call on your life than fishing. Maybe not bigger, just different. So verse 11 says, when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all or they left everything behind and they followed Jesus. Now let me just speak metaphorically for just a second on this little story. This is a powerful story. We could probably spend a lot of time on it because there's a lot of truth in there. Let, let me just give you some Jesus instruction on fishing this morning and what, what Peter gleaned out of this. So let me speak metaphorically. I think the fish, in light of what we've been learning and what we've been teaching, I think the fish would represent your desired intention. It's a thing that you would like to see manifest, the fish. I think the boats and the nets represent everything that you need, the equipment, you're well-equipped to get everything you need into that visible dimension. So we're, we're gonna see this morning that you don't have to sweat, you don't have to feel pressure uh, to land an abundant catch of what you really desire in your life, that you can get it without, without the sweat, without the turmoil, without the effort that many of us have put into life to try to get what we want. Jesus tipped us off on that, and that's just a little insight. Jesus tipped us off on that when he said, this is what Jesus said, of my own self, I can do nothing. Jesus learned that. Jesus learned that, that of, of his own strength, his own power, his own ability as a man, he could do nothing. That's the pattern. That's the pattern that he set down for us that you and I should come to a place in life where we realize that of our own ability, own strength, we really can't do much. Jesus said this, however, the father says to me what I am to do and I see the results. He said it like this, whatever the father says to me, that's what I do. The father in me, he catches the fish, all right? And I get to see the results. That without, Jesus said, without me guys, you can do nothing. So he's building this whole, this whole picture uh, 
that he's going to take care of this, that there's that there's going to come a cooperation between Jesus and Peter that's going to fulfill the desired intention, the, the creation that Peter needs that he fished all night and hadn't had. So the point is this, neither Jesus nor us can bring in a haul of fish. In Neither Jesus nor us have to come to a place where we confess that of our own selves, we can't do it. It's it's not dependent on our strength, our ability, our talent, our know-how. It's a cooperative effort with the Christ working in us to create our current desire. Right? It's the Christ that works in us and cooperates with us, and we cooperate with the Christ that is in us to manifest or to create the intended desire, the focused attention. Right? They, they, they focus their attention but it hadn't panned out well. So there was one thing they were missing, and that was what the word of Jesus that was to them. All right, well, look, I want you to get the view that this is a cooperative effort. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and verse 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and verse 9, it says this, for we are God's fellow workers, all right? You are God's field, you are God's building. All right, we're fellow workers, we're the building, we're the field, we're the place where the manifestation takes place, we're the place where the production comes up. We are the habitation of I am that I am. I am the habitation of I am that I am. I am the field of I am that I am. And the I am that I am is releasing you as a building and a field to be productive. All right, he's gonna, he's gonna aid us in this. He's gonna help us in this. Now let's look at the story for just a minute. In those 11 verses, we read some facts. We read some things. First of all, it's recorded that the disciples had toiled all night long. And I'll tell you what, that kind of fishing that they did throwing those nets out, I don't know if you've ever lived in, in Florida or a place where fishing is done like that, where the guys hurl the nets out. Those nets get heavy. They get really heavy. And then you got to pull the fish in. They had toiled all night, back-breaking work, and they caught nothing no results, no manifestation. They were doing their best. Have you ever, you ever, can you relate to that? Have you, ever, have you ever really put your heart into something, toiled at it, worked at it, and it seems like, man, this thing just comes up blank. It just comes up a no-show. They were probably emotionally drained after all night, having caught nothing. I would imagine, man, they're thinking, this is a bummer. We have expended all this effort, all this time, and we have not caught a fish. They were tired. And if I put myself in their place and they were probably a little bit in a bad mood, probably frustrated, irritated. They, they didn't need to be messed with, right? So that's where they were. They were professionals. They were experienced. They knew how to earn a living fishing. It was their business. They had done this all of their life. They were experts and they'd fished all night. They were tired, and here comes a carpenter. <laughs> and a carpenter now speaks advice to a professional fisherman. Now, put yourself in the place of the professional fisherman that's worked all night and you've produced nothing. What would you have probably said to the carpenter? You probably would have said something to the effect that, dude, you're a carpenter. You know, you need to back off right now and not give me advice about fishing. I don't tell you, Mr. Carpenter, how to saw a board. I don't tell you how to nail the boards together to build uh, a chest of drawers. I, I don't give you instruction on your business. And quite frankly, I don't appreciate you coming over here and giving me advice on my business. This is my profession. I can handle it. That's, that might have been what was in their minds. Now, Jesus tells them, he gives them some advice. Here's what he says. He says, I want you guys to push out into the deep. That's important. Out into the deep and cast your nets into the same water, into the same circumstances that has not produced the desired result of your heart. In fact, it was probably a worse circumstance because the nighttime is when the fishing, when the best fishing was. So now that it was dawn and the day was breaking, it was probably a worse time to go fishing than what they had already experienced. So it was more of a negative circumstance than what they had already experienced. Jesus tells them, go back out into the water, same water, same circumstances, same boat, same people, same everything, except I have now spoken to you and, and, 
and put a thought in your mind. Now, I like what Peter's response was. I don't know all the thoughts that went through Peter's mind. He said that he said this, at your request, I'm going to do it. Because you've requested this, I've watched you teach, I've watched your, what you've been producing, so I'm going to do it. So at that point, this is important, catch this. At this point, Peter made a shift in consciousness. There was a, there was a shift of mindset here. And it reminds me of the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So I want to read that real quick for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I want to pick it up in verse 16, because I think this reflects the, the shifting consciousness that Peter experienced. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. He says, we don't lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, even though it doesn't look good, even though we're, we're a little bit discouraged. He says, the inward man is being renewed all the day. Now, that's an insight Peter probably didn't have at this point, that what needed to take place was a change in his inner man to get on the frequency that Jesus was. Verse 17, for our light affliction, was, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far greater and exceeding and eternal way to glory. So the thing that appears that it's negative or uh, pushing in opposition to us is really working for our greater glory. So this pushing against Peter, fishing all night, tired, exhausted, in a bad mood, irritated, frustrated, that's all working for this net-busting catch that they're about to experience. Now here's the mind shift, that here's the, here's the shifting consciousness that had to come to Peter. While we do not look at the things that are seen, he couldn't look at the boat, he couldn't look at the empty nets, he had to look at the things which are not seen. That was the thought that Jesus planted in his mind. The thought that he planted in Peter's mind was something that Peter had to visualize even though he could not see it with his physical eyes. And that's what he had to concentrate on. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are, are not seen are eternal. This time, when they put the nets in the water and they began to pull on, all of a sudden they go, man, something's here. <laughs> we're getting some real opposition and they begin to drag or pull the nets to the boat and they saw this is such a big catch we have got to get the other boat over here to help us so they called the other boat over it was a it was a net busting catch i want you to listen to this that was a that was a cooperative effort a co-created jesus and peter manifestation both of them were involved in this. Without the thought that Jesus planted in Peter's mind and without Peter shifting consciousness, this would have never taken place. This manifestation, this abundance, this prosperity would have never taken place. Now, this story that we've just read is taking place today within most of our lives. And one of the things that I think I, I pull out of this story is that your strongest point, the thing that is that is that you probably depend on the most, that has got to become maybe your weakest position. The thing that Peter depended on, his expertise as a fisherman, all the experience that he had, his livelihood, his business, that had to be scaled down so that he could shift his consciousness and hear what Jesus had to say. And sometimes I think the adversity we face, if I'm going to be honest with you, I, I, and I, this is my experience, some of the adversity that I faced in life, you know, like, like when people left the church, I began to teach this message, people left, it was a pushback. But actually that worked for my betterment because of what I'm doing today. I'm touching more people, I'm speaking to more people, impacting more people than I ever did in the building. Thanks to you people that are with me here at the Digital Cathedral. I'm saying this to you. Your empty nets will be filled if you can imagine them being filled. Now, I've got my imagination working on some big things right now that I feel like God has spoken to me. I'm not going to share it with you right now, but I'm just telling you, your nets will be full if you can imagine it so. So Peter, the thought was placed in Peter's mind. Then I think there was a point when Peter began to think, what if this really works? And he began to see those nets. We fished all night. What if this guy really has a word that's going to change our lives forever. We're going to have a, an abundant catch like we've never had before. So I want you to understand, you've got the boat, you got the nets. You have everything within you necessary to go fishing. You have everything necessary within you to produce whatever it is that you desire. The kingdom is within you, right? The deep water is within you. 
So to produce what you have toiled for all of your life, to fill your nets that has been maybe with little success, you have within you the power and the ability through a shift of consciousness and, 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 and tapping in to the mind of Christ, you have the ability to get whatever you need. Philippians 4.19, familiar verse, read it all our lives. My God shall supply all of your need, singular, not needs, all of your need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. That's exactly what happened in Peter's life. His need was met according to the riches of Christ. And all that Christ possessed now came to Peter. Peter's need was met, right? So what's the, what's the difference in this story of empty nets and bursting nets? Couple things, couple of things. The biggest thing was the thought planted in Peter's mind that Jesus planted, push out into the deep. Let's see what we get. Second thing was Peter's response and Peter's coordination. He could have blown the whole thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that sometimes we, we mess up because what we feel is an intuition, a gut feeling, the voice of God, a prompting, however you want to phrase it. Because other people around us discourage us, or it's something that we've never heard before. It's not the popular opinion. I think sometimes we don't allow that to permeate our consciousness that will release the catch or the harvest that we need in our life. The thought planted into the mind of Peter by what Jesus said is a game changer. And the thought that the mind of Christ plants into you about whatever it is that you need that then triggers your imagination, it's a game changer. Now, I want you to understand, it was Peter's response. Peter did not create the, the catch. Peter did not create anything. What he did was coordinate. They created this together with what Jesus said. So this produced in the visible, this catch, this net-busting catch that took two, two boats to bring in, and the boats, it says, began to sink. So, man, that's a lot of fish. It's a lot of fish. They brought from the invisible what was under the water, was not visible to the naked eye, but they had to see it as being visible. And it all began with the thought, Peter, cast your nets on the other side. Follow what I'm saying to you. I know nobody's ever done it this way. I know you've never heard the teaching about this, Peter. I know you're an expert fisherman, but it ain't working out too good for you. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to cast your nets on the other side. So until Christ becomes your awareness, until the mind of Christ becomes your consciousness, which is the trigger for what you desire. It's the trigger for what you want to create. You're going to toil. You're going to work with the human bait. When you fish, you have bait. The bait that we have that when we don't have the trigger of the mind of Christ, the Christ consciousness, is the struggle and the effort. And that's what we've tried to, to satisfy our needs with. That's what we've tried to create with, even in our prayer life. It's been our struggle, our, our work, our effort, our toil in praying and beseeching God, laying our case out like a good attorney. But when you look at Peter, the question has to come, how much work did Peter actually do to fill the nets, to produce the desire of his heart? How much how much toil did Peter really put into those nets filling up? Now, I'm going to grant you, he, he did work a little bit to pull the catch in. And when your vision is completed, you may, work, you may have to toil a little bit, work a little bit with it as it manifests. But in reality, Peter did absolutely nothing to fill those nets except cooperate with Jesus. Jesus produced in Peter a different consciousness, a different mindset. So the fact is this, whatever's in your consciousness, whatever your mindset is, you're going to produce. The consciousness of Peter went from, I can do this on my own. I'm talented. I'm skilled. This is my business. It went to co-creating with Christ. And I want you to get that so strong this morning. I want you to see your life now as your ability to hear him and imagine and begin to co-create with him. Now, you don't have to. You can pray. You can toil, fast, beg, plead, fight the devil, uh, trying to be rich, trying to be well, trying to be happy. But this old man's telling you that if your consciousness is still one of sickness, one of disease, one of lack, 
one of need, one of being uh, unhappy, depressed, you will remain poor, sick, unhappy, depressed. You'll remain whatever your consciousness is. As a man thinks in his heart, come on now, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So the only way to change your life, here's my message. The only way to change your life is to change your awareness, change your perception, change your consciousness of what you want to be. Now notice how this changed Peter's life. This was, a, this was a life changer. I bet when Peter got up that evening to go fishing, he fished all night. I bet when he got up that evening, he had no idea that before 24 hours was up, his life was going to be drastically changed. Now I'm going to bring you back to this, this fifth chapter of Luke. And I want you to see the dramatic change that happened in the life of Peter simply because his awareness changed, his perception changed. His consciousness changed. I'm telling you that your life can change suddenly just like that. God is God specializes in suddenlies. Now, from my experience, most of the time it's not a suddenly, but when it comes on you, all of a sudden it is a suddenly. It may take five years for the suddenly to appear, but when the change happens, brother, it happens quick. I'm telling you. Watch how it changed Peter, verse 9. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which were taken. And so also astonished were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. Don't get shook up. This is just the start of good things because you're going to become fishers of men. You're going to catch men. Now watch. Peter's life changed. And I'm telling you, your life can change on a dime. So when they had brought their boats to the land, they, all of them, Peter, James, John, all of them, they all forsook their nets. Boy, there's a whole message in that. They forsook their nets and they followed Jesus. So Jesus, what Jesus is doing here, and I want you to get a vision of this. Jesus is bringing Peter into this union, the circle of awareness where everything is possible. It didn't take them long to get it. Man, once, you, once this happens in your life, once there is a suddenly, once there is a a, a, a bringing from the invisible to the visible. Once this happens in your life, you know what? You begin to see, it It begins to dawn on, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. If he could come back into the same water, cast the nets on the other side, and produce a harvest bigger than they'd ever experienced to fill two boats, Peter was convinced. Peter, you know, seeing is believing. That was the revelation. He got a revelation of what could take place in his life. Think about this. What had just produced poverty the night before, what had just produced zero dollars, zero results, now became the source of wealth. Became the source of wealth. They never experienced this before. They saw it. Now, there's, let me just keep going. There's several things that are happening here. The thought from Jesus to Peter changed his awareness, changed his consciousness, changed his perception. The agreement of Jesus and Peter for a creation that Peter desired. And Peter had worked hard to make it happen. Worked hard. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. You've been working so hard to make it happen in your life. And Jesus is coming to you. And while you're washing your nets, your boats are empty, you're discouraged. Feels like, man, nothing has worked out for me. And Jesus is saying, cast your nets on the other side. Let me give you a word. Now, notice in this story, this is also very important. So many important things this morning. This is very important. Jesus is the one that initiated the action. He always does. He always takes the initiative, and we take the position of the responder. You, 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 Peter didn't ask Jesus for this. Peter didn't pray. He didn't beg, didn't plead, didn't fast, didn't go to the temple and give a big offering. He got the greatest harvest he'd ever gotten. The greatest, the greatest, and I want to say miracle, but it really, it wasn't a miracle. It was a creation. It was a manifestation. Biggest one he had ever seen. So I want you, I want you to, I want you to grab this. If you would catch beyond anything you've ever had, beyond your current capacity, then you're going to have to do what Peter did. You're going to have to launch out into the deep. You're going to have to take this, this life of yours and you're going to have to begin to listen to what he says. So that, that means you're going to probably have to cross a line that you have never crossed before. P 
people are very hesitant to follow their inclination, follow that intuition, follow the gut feeling, follow what they sense is the voice of God. And he speaks in all those ways. They're more inclined to listen to what people around them are saying. And that's what's kept you stuck where you're at. This old boy had to break out of the form, had to get out of the box. If I was going to launch out, I had to get out into the deep where other people were not going. Some people wanted to go there, but they were a little hesitant. They were a little afraid. Other pastors I know, they, they, they marveled and said, I can't believe you put it all on the line. Peter put it all on the line here. In your present consciousness, the fish that you desire are not in the shallow water. They are in the deep. So you've got to launch out into the deep because your present consciousness is not where what you desire is swimming. Can you see the parallel here? I understand you've got desires, you got needs, you got wants, you got a goal, you got vision. But to see that completed, it's not where you're living now. You got to let it go. You got to move out to maybe something you've never been comfortable doing before. I don't think Peter was comfortable pushing out in the morning. Other fishermen were going to look at Peter. There were other fishermen around, other boats, I'm sure. And they would have looked at Peter and thought, what's wrong with Peter? He's crazy. He knows the time to fish is the night. He knows that the time to fish is over. What is wrong with him? Why would he listen to this carpenter? See, there, there probably was peer pressure that pushed against Peter. But Peter knew, I'm going to do it. I'm going I'm to give it a shot. And that's what I've been trying to tell you about being a creator. Give it a shot. Test it. Prove it. Let the mind of Christ give you the thought, just like it gave to Peter. Then let your imagination paint it. Let your imagination build it. Put the arms and the legs to it. Feel how it would be to have two net, have your net so full of fish that you got to call another boat. See what it'd be like to have a bank account that is so that is so heavy that you you can give freely to other people without fear of running out. Imagine that. Let that fill your heart to abundance, and then begin to speak a creative word. That's what Peter did. Peter followed that to a T. In your present consciousness, let me say it again: what you desire is not there. You have got to move out into something more than likely of what you've never had or what you've ever experienced before. That's the unknown. So don't be afraid when other people say, I don't I don't know about that. I don't think you're right. It's not going to work. You got to get bold. You have to get strong in your life. Why, why, why not go for it? When he says, move out into the deep, why not go to the deep? To launch out into the deep, you have got to leave behind your present problems and limitations. Let me say that again. If you're Peter launched out into the deep one time, but you know where he really launched out into the deep? When he left his nets, forsook it all, and followed Jesus. That's really launching out into the deep. If you're going to launch out into the deep waters, you've got to leave behind you all your problems, all your circumstances, all your limitations, how your limitations, how do you do that? I'll tell you how you do it. You do it by taking your attention off of the lack. Peter finally had to take his, his attention off the empty nets. And when the nets filled, I will, I will guarantee you, when the nets filled, he never thought about the empty nets again. But his, his, his nets would have never been full if he would have kept his attention on the empty ones. If you're going to launch out into the deep, you're going to move into what you know God has for you. You're going to have to take your attention off the limitations. You can't do this on your own. Peter could not do it on his own. That's a given. The, strong, the strongest part, the, the, the part that we think we have the most ability in, that's got to be the thing that becomes nothing. <laughs> that has got to be zeroed out. Jesus knew that with Peter, professional, experienced, businessman. But that had to become zeroed out if he was going to get the nets full. And I'm saying to you today that where you think you're the strongest, he's going to let become the weakest so that he then can become the strongest part. Let, let me read it for you. All right. Philippians chapter three. Philippians chapter three. See, a lot of guys don't, don't use their Bible much. I use my Bible a lot. I, I love my Bible. I got all kind of translations. Read them all. Watch this. He says, not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of me. In other words, I want to get a hold of what he's got a hold of me for. 
If he's got a hold of me for a, for a big time catch, I want to get a hold of that catch. He got if he's got a hold of me with a vision, with a with a burning desire, I want to get a hold of that as well. Then he goes on in, in verse thirteen. He says, "Brother, I don't count myself to have apprehended. I ain't there yet. I don't have a full grasp on it. But one thing I do. Here's the one thing he knew that he had to do to grab onto it." forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God. Did you get that? Did you get that? The Christ consciousness pushes you off the shore to where you can't even see the nets anymore, or you can't even see the shore anymore. He gets you into deep enough water, perhaps places you've never been before. It's unknown. You're not comfortable, but that's where he's got to take you. Paul said, I know that. He said, one thing I got to do is take my attention off the past. Some of you are really burned down by the past. You feel like a failure. You feel like I've not accomplished anything. My life has been worthless. That's the past. That's not where you're headed. That's not where you're going. I can look back at my life and say, I spent, all, I spent years in school. Why, why would I do that? That's been a, I, I listened for years to people that were teaching me about hell, that were teaching me about rapture, teaching me all kind of garbage. Now that I look back, you know what? I don't, I don't count that as a negative. I let go of it. I forget about it. I don't hold them accountable. I, I, I'm not angry. I'm not upset. Actually, it's produced the foundation for the person I am today. And Peter's nighttime of no catching produced in him a futility and a sense of being useless, a failure that set the groundwork for the word of Jesus to come to him to say, let's go, let's cast the nets on the other side and I want you to watch what happens. So we've got to let go of what's behind. How do you do that? How do you no longer focus on what's behind? You take your attention off of it. You begin to dwell simply, listen to me. Here's how, here's how you forget what's behind. You begin to simply dwell on I am. I am. I am. Don't, don't put any conditions on the I am. Don't fill any blank after the I am. I just want you to get a clear vision of I am. Just settle into I am. I am. I am is in union with I am that I am. In this story that we read from Luke chapter 5, Peter came into union with the Christ. And that Christ consciousness enabled Peter to say, I'll tell you what, now I am a fisherman. I am one catching a bigger fish than I've ever caught. I am going to catch men. I am leaving what's behind and I'm pressing toward the mark of the high call that's in Christ Jesus. I don't, I don't want you to fill it in. We've got to become fully aware that I am. I am. I am. And when your I am is established, when you when you know that you are, whatever he said you are, just I am. When, when, when that is fully established, then whatever you put at the end of the I am is a done deal. Because now you're functioning out of, out of a higher consciousness. You're functioning out of an awareness, a perception that never happened in your life before. And you're gonna find yourself pulling up the anchor that held you in the shallow and you're going to begin to push out into the deep. Let me tell you what the anchor is. The anchor is I am not. That's been the anchor in all of our lives. I, I am not able to speak to people around the world. Now I am able. You know why I'm able? Because I listened. I let him do something in me that I knew I could not do myself. I know this is a lesson that Peter kept all of his life. Even after Jesus was crucified, resurrected, and ascended, Peter kept this, I am. I am. I am whatever it needs to be, but I've got to first establish I am. Look, look at Acts chapter 3. I want you to see Peter now puts this into action for other people, and this is what I'm after. We put what we have into action for other people, but you can't put it into action for other people until it's working in your life as well, right? Watch this, Acts chapter 3. You know the story, but I'm going to read it for you anyway. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, guy was in a mess, 
was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those that entered the temple, right? Fished all night, didn't catch anything, laid out at this temple. That was his life. That was, that was as far as his consciousness, as far as his vision. He thought his whole life was wrapped up in that. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked them for alms. Hey guys, you got some spare change? I really could use some help. And fixing his eyes on him with John and Peter, Peter said, look at us, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Well, he's gonna receive something all right. It wasn't what he expected. Then Peter said to him, silver and gold I don't have. Now watch the thought that Peter injects into this man's mind. He, he creates a different consciousness, a different perception. Where Peter learned that? He learned it back in Luke chapter five, one place, several other times through scripture, but he learned back in Luke chapter five that the thought that is planted into the mind of the person if it's if it's if it's imagined, it's gonna it's gonna manifest. It's gonna come about. So Peter plants the seed. I don't have any money. I bet he did. But he's he's saying the money that I have is not gonna help you in the long run. The money I have is just gonna help you in the short run. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Thought goes into the man's mind. You can rise up and walk. And he helped. He took the man by the hand, pushed him out into the deep and lifted him up, immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So leaping up, he stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people that saw him were astonished that he was praising God. Now, what would have been better? For Peter to give the guy some spare change, or for Peter to put a, a thought into this man's mind that created different awareness and perception. Nobody had ever told him that before. Nobody ever said, I don't have money, but look, I'm gonna pull you up by the hand. I want you to get up and walk. Nobody ever put that thought into his mind. He never imagined himself ever walking again. He didn't know how to walk. He'd been that way since his mother's womb. He'd been that way his whole life. He didn't know how to take steps. He didn't know that there was a, a catch in the deep that would have been a net buster for him. The net buster was when he stood up and began to leap and walk and went into the temple praising God. And those people knew this guy because he had lived that way his whole life. Peter grew and recognized the expansion of his life to do what Jesus demonstrated back in Luke chapter five and verse 11, when he forsook everything, he put it behind him, took his focus off the empty nets and began to follow Jesus. This man turned his back on his limitations. He turned his back on his limitations and he grabbed hold of what was in front of him, which was be to begin to walk. Do you want empty nets or do you want nets that are busting? Do you want to keep sitting at the gate, begging some spare change, barely getting by? Or do you want to see something happen in your life that is beyond your wildest, wildest dreams? What I'm looking for is full nets. I'm looking for the leaping and the praising. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the creation of something so beyond imagination in its natural form that it's hard to even, hard to even grab it. The fact is this, right? Here's, here's, here's probably the main point of the message that we see from Peter. We see from the man at the gate of beautiful. Uh, we, we see throughout the scripture when, when Jesus worked with people. Here's, here's, here's the main fact. All change begins within you. It begins within you. Began within Peter at the boats and the fishing. It began with the man at the gate. And I could have told, you know, a ton of other stories out of scripture as well. Now, we don't look for that. What we do is we look for the change outside. See, you need fish. So you're looking at the nets. I don't have any fish. You're, look, you're, you're hoping for a better life, but you're crippled. And you're at the gate for all of your life. See, we're looking for the outward, we're looking for the outward results. And that's fine. But the outward results, listen, listen, catch it. The outward results are just the fruit of inward change. And the inward change that has to take place within the life, within my life and your life, if we're going to live the life of the broken nets, so full, or walking and leaping, if we're going to live that life, if we're going to live a life of creating, if we're going to move the invisible to the visible, then we got to begin to, to change within first because what happens on the outside 
The doctor's saying you're healed. The doctor's saying this has gone way better than I ever could have imagined. The employer saying, I'm going to advance you. The, the person calling saying, I'm going to offer you a job that's paying three times more than what you're currently making. They're pursuing you. That can only happen is if there's a change within, right? You begin with the thought, it goes to the imagination, fills the heart, you begin to speak it. Your former limitations are gonna, are gonna wither and shrink into nothing when you change from within. But the withering and the shrinking are gonna take, take place within before you see the abundance and the flow on the outward. So as you turn your back on limitation, as you turn your back on, you know, maybe it's never been this way, I've been a mess, turn your back on that. Give it no place. The place limitation has comes from the power that we give it, the attention we give it. All those, all those things in your past, you know, bad grades, you didn't go to college, I don't know what your past is. All of us, every person, I've never yet met a person that if they had it to do over again would not change something from their past. In severe cases, that past has so limited them and so hindered them that the life they're living now and the life they're going to live tomorrow is not the life they want. Do you think this man at the gate wanted to be crippled for the rest of his life? I doubt it seriously. He didn't know any other way out. He didn't know other, any other way out. Do you think Peter wanted to come ashore with, with uh, nets that had no fish in it? I doubt it. I doubt it. But it all changed with a change perception, changing consciousness began to see themselves differently. Guy began to see himself walking, leaping, and praising God. When Peter took him by the hand, he responded to that. He imagined that. He could see it. The thing desired before you shove off from the shore of limitation and the fish that you want to catch in the deep are there for your taking if you'll but change from the inward and let it begin to show on the outward. That's the, that's the teaching this morning. That's what we're seeing all through scripture. So now you begin to assume your I amness, your I amness with the definition of what the fish are to be. Right? I am. Now I once I'm once I'm settled on I am, listen carefully. Once I'm settled on I am, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I got to get settled on that. Then I am, I can fill in the blank. I am healthy. I am prosperous. I am able. I am not afraid. I am strong. I am well equipped. I can fill the blank in with whatever I want because now I know what, that it's working and that it's so. You'll never talk Peter out of, out of his ability to produce that kind of thing again that he and Jesus created together. You'll never, you would never talk him out of it his whole life. In fact, he was willing to be crucified upside down rather than relent on it. He knew it was reality. He knew that whatever he was going to go through for a short time had nothing to do with the eternal consequences. Get the focus of those things that you want that are in the deep, that are within you. Get the focus on those things. That's how the heart grows them in abundance. The heart will never grow in abundance, which you don't imagine is for you in the deep. So when you begin to take your attention off the problems, we all got problems. When you, I, I really don't, and, and, and I mean that sincerely. I look at my life, I, I don't have any problems. I, tell, I told my wife, I said, man, I'm living the dream. I, I, I've come out of those things. If I had problems in life, absolutely. I've had, sometimes I've had more problems than I care to even think about. I don't think about them. Take your attention off the problems. And the way you do that is turn your back on the evidence that the senses are producing and begin to feel the joy of the full nets. Begin to feel the joy of the leaping and praising God. Begin to feel the joy of what you've never had before, that you've never experienced before. Begin to feel the joy of that. Begin to let it flood your heart. And then begin to speak to yourself and say, you know what, I am strong, I am healthy. I am, see, but you gotta get that I am established. When the agreement between your heart and your words are fixed, Doubts and fears are not going to have any place. The past will have no place. Then the nets will be filled and abundance will run over. All right. I think that's far enough for today. Next, next Sunday morning, I want to I wanna, I wanna talk to you about not just good, but very good. We're going to take a look at man next week. And I, I want you to get a good view of yourself as not... 
You're not just good, man. You are very good. You are the son in whom he's well pleased. We're going to look at some things from, from Scripture next week that I think are going to be a lot of fun. Hope you got something from this today. You are, you are destined for full nets. You are destined to leap and praise and let people see what's manifested in your life. Don't, don't settle for less. Don't settle for less. I'm, I'm, I know it might be contrary to popular opinion. I know it's going gonna, it's gonna to entail you swimming upstream. But that's all right. Go against the flow. Whatever you got to do. When he speaks to you, do it. He says, take it out in the deep and throw the nets in. I don't care how much time you've spent and it seems like you've failed. Just respond. You and he are co-creators together. Your I amness is in union with I am that I am. And don't you forget it. See you next time. Digital Cathedral, 10 a.m. next Sunday morning. Don't forget Secret Place, 7 7 p.m. Central over on the Don Keithley ministry page. Don't forget to hit the subscribe, the like, and leave a good comment. God bless you. See you next time.